And I think I got stuck in the same way many people get stuck, that we forget that being the one who questions, being the one who is dissatisfied, being the one who says like, actually, I know that I want or need more. And I'm not talking about more in the materialistic sense, but more in the deeper level. The ones who say, I actually want less of this external and I need something more inside. That is a gift. And if you have that gift, you should thank God every day that it's been bestowed to you and that not only that it's been bestowed to you, but that you have the awareness of it. Welcome to A Curious Yogi Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, and these are my conversations with sadhaks, satsangis, and other spiritual seekers. Join us as we discuss and discover what it means to live a spiritual life and walk the yogi's path. Each week you'll gain insights into your own practice as we share the stories and wisdom of those that walk the path with us. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. All right, beautiful yogis, welcome back to the show. I've got a special solo episode for you this week. I'm going to be sharing my own spiritual journey, my transformation from addict to yogi, and all the tips and tricks I've learned in between. So stay tuned right till the end. And I want to start by saying if you've been listening to the show and you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, please do so and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I also want to say I've got a couple exciting offerings happening right now, a retreat and an amazing workshop next week. So please visit my website, bobbypaydell.com to check out all that I have going on. So this week, I decided to finally share my own spiritual journey. And I'll tell you, it's been a... I really realized my hesitation comes from shame and embarrassment in my past and not owning my story. So this episode is obviously comes from a place of offering. I hope that my story can inspire somebody, but it's also a part of my own healing journey, my own practice of embracing and loving Everything that has brought me to this moment because there are no regrets. There is only this one life. I hope that you can take something of value from this. I've been really surprised lately um, at how many people have responded to uh, me sharing my four years sobriety, sharing the struggles that the individuals and students and friends and family are facing in their own lives. And I really see... Uh, myself and everybody's struggle and it's not easy to be to be navigating this life and no matter how many blessings we have so I will preface this also by saying I'm just recovering from COVID so excuse my voice I feel great but um, if I sound like Janice from Friends you know I'm sorry and I love you Janice All right, let's start this episode, though, with a question for you, the listener. I want to start by asking you about a time or a moment in your life when you were struggling. 
and I know when I've struggled, I was in the victim mentality. Maybe you, maybe you weren't in this moment that you're thinking of, but come to a moment of t- in time where you knew the winds were changing for yourself. Maybe it was happening over slowly or maybe life or God or whatever language you choose woke you up with force. Because for a lot of us that are walking the spiritual path, that moment, that moment of grace, that moment of disillusionment, there's so many words for it, um, that is really can be the moment the spiritual practice begins, the spiritual journey begins. So just like I ask all my guests, I'll start by explaining and sharing where my spiritual journey begins. And I guess when I look back, I always um, was a dissatisfied kid. I was happy for sure, but I never felt really convinced by the world. Um, There was something, there was always a bit of questioning inside of me. And I think it came from my upbringing. My dad passed away when I was small and... I think that really affected me and made me question and doubt a lot growing up. And I had a bit of a wild streak, if you will, which, you know, now as an adult looking back, I realized that was the desire for freedom. And for one that feels bound and confused in the world, the search and quest for relative freedom can disguise the true freedom that one seeks which is within which it doesn't matter where you are what your circumstances are if you're truly the one who's liberated it doesn't matter but as a young person as a confused young person I really felt dissatisfied I was always seeking more I was seeking more attention, I was seeking more love, I was seeking more validation, I was just seeking more. I wanted to feel whole and complete and I never ever got that from the world. This resulted in me becoming dependent on others, on relationships, on affection from men and as I moved into high school it became alcohol, as I moved into college it became drugs And eventually I was in my early 20s and really, really depressed and suffering, attempting suicide, just completely miserable, completely lost and getting more lost in the crux of addiction, which at the time I didn't have the language of addiction because I thought someone that was an addict was a homeless person living on the street. I now realize addiction is such a complex, nuanced phenomenon in the world that's getting worse and getting worse and worse with addictions to so many things. It's not just drugs and alcohol. For me, it was expressed as well in sex and relationships with food. Just this seeking, this grasping, the lowest hanging fruit. What can fill me up? What can make me whole? Is it a, I would reach for anything. And also the freedom that I felt when I was using drugs and alcohol or the euphoria I felt with a new relationship or a new friendship. It all helped me feel alive. It helped me feel free. But then on the flip side of that, there was always pain, there was always emptiness, there was always an after, 
you know, even if it wasn't drugs and alcohol, there'd always be a hangover. There'd always be the uh, taking the rose-colored glasses off, if you will, and my ignorance would be revealed. And I'm not talking about ignorance um, in the general sense, but ignorance, ignorance in the spiritual sense, which just means like the illusion. My my own my own misunderstanding would always get revealed that the world is never going to bring me satisfaction. From the time I was 17, I moved every two years to a different city or a different country. I've moved so many times and I was always seeking, oh, at the next junction, it's going to be better. At the next point, it's going to be better. I've changed careers many times. I've had so many jobs I can't even count. I don't even think I could count. It would probably make me like, no, I'm just not going to count how many jobs I've had, you know, and it's not that I am not a, a hard worker. It's quite the opposite, actually. My, I've had hard work instilled in me. My, I come from such hardworking family. So that's, I've never stopped working and I've never stopped seeking. And I think that's the main point of a spiritual person. And I know now looking back, I know so many people that depend or struggle with dependency on alcohol and drugs who are actually inherently spiritual who are seekers who do have that dissatisfaction and the disillusionment of the world from just deep within but they're if without an outlet it can become a hard world to live in it can be really hard My story takes a real turn in 2013, 2014. I had just moved once again from Toronto where I had spent three and a half years building up my portfolio, building up my career as a wardrobe stylist. And it was not easy. I slept. Like, that is an industry where you have to schlep. You have to put so much energy into everything and work for free for a long time. And I was finally just getting on in an agency. I was booking my own jobs. Um, Key styling, it's called. I was getting high-paid clients. But I was so dissatisfied. I was moving through parties and events and boys and girls and just on and on and on and I was nothing was making me happy money wasn't making me happy work wasn't making me happy relationships weren't making me happy and partying definitely wasn't making me happy so I decided to move to Australia with my dear friend Steph and We moved through Bali for a month on our way to Australia where I made some terrible choices and nearly lost that friendship because of my addictions and my irresponsibility associated with those addictions and habits that I'd created. Anyways, so we made our way to Australia and... I couldn't find a job in fashion. Shocker, no one in Sydney really cared too much about the Toronto fashion girls. But um, I started working in a bar once again. That's always been my my 
my lean on to just go back working in a restaurant or a bar. And I went there depressed and I continued to get more and more depressed, more and more lost, seeking something, seeking what. I'd always been going to yoga. I I started going to yoga when I was 19. I was in a dance program in Edmonton and I had scoliosis. I struggled a lot with alignment and posture and my contemporary and ballet teacher told me to go to yoga she actually specifically said stop going to those hip-hop classes and breaking your back and get to yoga I did stay in the hip-hop classes because you know honey loves to twerk (laughs) no I'm just kidding no I'm not kidding I do love to twerk and I went to a yoga class and I remember that first yoga class so well I was 19 so that's like I don't know, 17 years ago. Um, But something did shift, something did open. And I kept going back to yoga and I loved the physical aspect. I loved being able to move my energy. And so when I, uh, you know, years later, I was in Australia and I was still going to yoga and I knew that there was something here I wanted to explore. But I was stuck. I was so bound. I was suffering. And I remember like the the end of it, the sort of final straw. I had been out partying one night and I was walking on the sidewalk and I just sat down, totally drunk, and just come from somewhere. And I felt ashamed and I was crying. And I just thought like enough, like what well, something has to change. I have to do something drastic, like something I've never done before. And the next day, I called a friend who, she wasn't a good friend, like, we weren't that close. Her name's Sarah, and she was in India visiting her aunt, as far as I knew, and I said, Sarah, like, I'm, I'm not doing good. I am depressed, I'm worried about myself, my health, my well-being, I was like, I need, I just want to be somewhere in the airport where I don't speak the language and I'm crying. I wanted to be totally absolved of myself, essentially. And she's like, why don't you come to India? And I was just, no, that was not where my head was at. India was the last place on my mind that I I thought I could ever go or would want to go. And She eventually, I said, I can't go to India. And she's like, what if I get you a job? And I was like, okay, because for me, money always has spoken. For me, I've always felt I need to work for money and I'll get money and everything will be fine. So she helped sort me out, getting me a job totally under the table in India, managing a clothing market in the northernest part of India that I could have ever imagined, working for this Punjabi couple who ran this touristy, bougie clothing boutique. So I get to India, I get the shock of my life, make it up there 14 hours on a bus and a rickety up bus into the Himalayas. And I land in this place, Manali, and I meet Sarah at the bus stop. And right away, one of the first things I ask her is, do you know anywhere where I could do yoga or meditation? And 
she starts laughing and she's like, well, actually, um, I actually live in an ashram. And like at that point, I was like, what's an ashram? And she's like, and I have a teacher and we meditate and there's yoga classes there. And it was quite far. It was about two hours from where we were. And she started reading to me some of the teachings from her teacher. And I just started crying and I knew I needed to meet this teacher and I wanted to know more. Because what she was reading in her book were words of you, your true nature is ever present, ever free, ever blissful. Who you are is not reflected in this world. Just just the most profound wisdom I could have ever imagined. So I asked permission to go meet this teacher and I went and met him. And that day in, in May 2014 really did shift my life because I met, uh, I felt like I was meeting my own self. I felt like when I met my guru, I felt like I was seen for the first time in my life, truly seen for who and what I am. And from then, I spent a few months in the ashram. And ever since, I've gone to and from, to and from, to continue to study the wisdom of the Vedas, which I began to learn was where yoga comes from. I had never heard of the Vedas. I'd never heard of any of this stuff in my vinyasa classes. So I started to study and learn what is yoga. And the purpose of yoga is to meditate and to transcend and to recognize our own true nature as Satchit Anand, which is uh, absolute bliss consciousness. So that's really where the journey pivoted. From there, I slowly started to take more breaks from alcohol and drugs, although it wasn't until 2018 that I finally quit alcohol and hard drugs. But it was really interesting because that vision of oneness that Swamiji instilled in me, that sense of loving it all, the sense of recognizing what is the truth from the untruth, which I love the expression, whatever is changing is unreal. Whatever is unchanging is the real. So to remember and to have the remembrance again and again from being in satsang, from being with my teacher, from being with the community, to be reminded Everything in the changing field is an illusion. It's the maya. It's the play. And to believe that that's real and that's going to bring the lasting satisfaction, that is only going to make one suffer. So that was really powerful for me. And I started to just only want to be in India. I would come and I would go, come and go, come and go. It was the main focus of my life and and as that vision of oneness began, began to seep into all aspects of my life, I went vegetarian immediately going into the ashram, which was something growing up as a rancher's daughter I never thought possible. But once I started to 
sort of shift my perspective that what is a sentient being? What is life? It began to trickle into the way that I ate, eventually going fully vegan. It began to trickle into the way that I work. I knew I couldn't carry on doing wardrobe styling. It's an industry that causes so much suffering with the fast fashion, with the sweatshops, with the environmental impact, the unsustainable capitalistic consumerism culture. It was just so not for me. So I started Tribe of Lambs, which was a non-for-profit social enterprise, eventually selling jewelry that we designed in Rajasthan and eventually stopping selling the jewelry and shifting into a charity where we raise money for children with HIV. And just every aspect of my life really did start to be more conscious. But even still, I wasn't able to tackle my dissatisfaction in a way that was lasting. I was constantly seeking to go back to India if I wasn't in India. As soon as I would get back, and this is still the case, it takes me such a long time to adjust to being back in the world. I think because I get really, um, I can get so persuaded or dazzled by the world like, oh, this might be it. This might, this relationship actually might be it or this job or this anything. So I do see for me that the practice is to be in the world. My practice is to take what I learn and love in the ashram and put it into practice in the world. But it's definitely, it's definitely not easy. But something that has been so transformational to me in the last um, three years has been really stepping into my personal yoga practice, to my sadhana. There are no words to express how much I wish I had started doing this earlier. Just the daily reprieve, the daily pause to get up every morning and have sadhana, a self-practice. It's often with long amounts of asana and pranayama and meditation and reading scriptures and singing, but sometimes it's not. The point is, is that every day now, without fail, I will not, not do my practice because it's been the lifeline. And as I, when I quit drinking alcohol, I went through a real identity crisis as someone who's a social butterfly and the life of the party to suddenly not being able to go out, not being able to date, not really knowing how to build community when I knew I wanted to go more into the spiritual community, but I was afraid. I was super afraid because that was such a part of who I was. And I didn't realize then, which I mean through my whole life, that being different, being an outsider is actually a superpower. I have wasted so much of my energy and time trying to fit in in life, but actually being the one who's the maverick on the outside questioning everything is a gift. And how rare is the person 
who has that inherent wisdom to question, to say, I actually don't want to fit in. Obviously, we all need community. We want community. It's so essential. But the desire to fit in and to go with the norm, to have that complacency, it's just never jived with me. And now, finally, at 30-something years old, I'm embracing it. And that's a real gift. And I think I got stuck in the same way many people get stuck, that we forget that being the one who questions, being the one who is dissatisfied, being the one who says, like, actually, I know that I want or need more. And I'm not talking about more in the materialistic sense, but more in the deeper level. The ones who say, I actually want less of this external and I need something more inside. That is a gift. And if you have that gift, you should thank God every day that it's been bestowed to you and that not only that it's been bestowed to you, but that you have the awareness of it. Because for me, I didn't realize that for so long. I actually fought against it. I tried to numb it out and black it out with all the different ways I would feed my senses and my cravings and my desires. And yoga, or in the scriptures, it's rag and dwesh, craving and aversion. Even the Buddha says that it's the source of all suffering. All suffering in humanity is craving and aversion, rag and dwesh. And we just get stuck in the wheel, rag and dwesh, craving and aversion, craving and aversion. And it's so true, like what we want what we desire more than anything, eventually we don't want. And then we're just suffering. So just remember that being different, that questioning everything, that not settling for complacency, if it has the core of it in the deepest aspect of you, is your superpower. And the brilliance of the self-practice is that you can take that superpower and put it into your life in an applied and practical way. You can sit with that questioner and consider and contemplate and question until you get to that ever-present point. Until you get to that point of stillness within, the root of you, which is right there behind your closed eyes, which is right there waiting for you, which is right there with you, which has never left you. So when I think back to myself as that small girl that just wanted to be seen, wanted to be validated, wanted to be loved, and now that I see that the questioner inside was what was always there. It was never not there. Eventually, I quit drinking alcohol. I went through like six to eight months of real depression. I basically begged a friend to help me get to India so I could just tap in. It's like my pilgrimage. If I don't go there, I... It's not good for me because I need the community. I think we all need to remember that as you're, as we're moving on a spiritual path, as we're moving into sadhana, good company is so essential. So f- my teacher, Stu, 
He's also an addict. He said, eventually I stopped DJing, stopped hanging out in bars and started hanging out with yoga teachers. And that's what I did. And that's what's helped me also. We have to take action. We have to take action, but offer the results of the action up to the higher power. That is the point of yoga. I had done 10 years almost of yoga without ever knowing what the true purpose of yoga is and that is to unite with God and if the word God makes you uncomfortable I'm sorry about that because it used to make me uncomfortable too and it's pretty irritating but then just use the language of love or universe or life or whatever but that's the point of yoga and I think we need to remember that that when we do any practices, when we take any actions, that we offer up the results to our higher power. So to wind up with my words of wisdom is for any yogis out there, any spiritual seekers on the path, is to simply stay curious. Keep seeking, keep questioning. It's called in Sanskrit, jigyasu. The one who is seeking freedom. And that is a gift of God that you have have if you are a seeker, if you are a questioner. So hold it precious and nurture it. Keep learning. Keep unfolding. Keep discovering who you are. Not only through what you hear and what you take in in terms of knowledge and wisdom externally but sit with yourself remember yourself through the meditation through the asana through the pranayama through everything remember that the point of it all is to get to samadhi to transcend all and unite with that god consciousness that's the point so stay tuned in stay true stay confident even if you're alone even if you're the loner just remember who you are. Stay true to that. Keep curious. Keep watching. Keep listening. So that's the end point. And I'll leave you with a smile and some love and appreciation for listening to this story if you've made it this far. I hope to continue connecting with you and sharing on this beautiful path of yoga, which is so nuanced in the year 2022, but it's a great gift um, to me, and I'm so delighted that I get to share yoga and be in the yoga community every day. So please reach out. You can find more about me at bobbypadel.com. I also wanted to let you know about our self-reunion retreat coming up in September. It's going to be amazing. Four days of nourishment on the mind, body, and spirit level. It's yoga, meditation, self-care, all-inclusive, amazing vegan food by a private chef from Vancouver, and it's hosted on the idyllic Sunshine Coast, British Columbia. Magic! So with love and light, I thank you. I love you. I hope to connect with you all very soon. Sending love and signing off. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Curious Yogi Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps the show reach more people. Or share on social 
And of course, follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. I appreciate the love and I appreciate you. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the yogi's path together. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.